Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries, so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review, and together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. How to connect with the top one percenters in the world. So if you're wondering out there, you know, I've got a podcast, how do I connect with these, these really awesome guests? Uh, you know, if I've got a business, how to connect with these top dogs out there in the marketplace? Well, this episode is going to be right up your alley. You're going to be excited for this one uh, because today we have Travis Chappelle on the show today, and he is all about that. Uh, he has had you know, guess he's connected with people with the likes of Grant Cardone, John Maxwell, Molly Bloom, Trent Shelton, and a lot more. Uh, John Lee Dumas, I think he's been connected to. And so a lot of great people he's been able to connect with. And he shares his strategy with how to do that. And that's what we're going to dive in today. Hey, dude, what's up? Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited for you to be here and get to dive into this. Cause I think it's a big topic, especially in podcasting and, and, you know, entrepreneurship is how do we connect, you know, with, with those people we look up to the people that uh, are our mentors or quote unquote idols or whatever it may be. So, mm. you know, would love to hear kind of just high level people. I mean, definitely go check out his website uh, for travischappelle.com for more about him and his story, but high level, like what got you to starting Guestio and, and being able to connect with these top, percenters yeah guestio kind of came from working with a bunch of clients in our um our, our coaching business in our course business so we we when the podcast started going well we had people that were running businesses reaching out and being like hey how did you interview this person how did you get in front of this person you know how did you build a successful show how did you do this how did you do that so we started putting together trainings and stuff and, and started coaching people and when my plate kind of got full with coaching, we decided, hey, let's do it and do this this course and community and membership and all this other stuff. And so we started building out all these things, and then started realizing that like most people had the same problems, uh, which were like, I don't know how to connect with good quality guests, and I don't know how to get myself booked on good quality shows to promote, you know, my own show or my own offers. So how did you do those things? And uh, the real answer is, it takes a ton of time ton of persistence honestly and, and i'm not even saying like i'm not even saying that it's like people aren't willing to put in the time or whatever it was like it took a lot of time and so a lot of people just don't have that much time if they're especially mm -hmm. if you're running a successful business or you 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 know are doing other things at the time i didn't have any kids i i was doing door-to-door -door sales to make money so i could do that in like 20 hours a week but the other like 15 20 hours a week was dedicated mostly to like guest reach out and going to events and getting like connections through this introduction and that introduction. Like it's, it, it, it was, it was a lot of persistence and a lot of work. And frankly, a lot of people just don't have the time to do it. So <laughs> we're like, well, why don't we build a solution for that? And that's kind of how Guestio came about is it's, it's a guest and show booking marketplace. You can go there, toggle the button and, and uh, look for guests or toggle the button and look for shows. Um, and, uh, and you can like pitch all those people or you can pay them directly to come on your show or to go on their show. Um, and so we, we built that out of a direct necessity from all the people that kept telling us that, you know, they needed the same thing. Mm. And this is, that's a good point too there. Uh, one, it's an amazing platform, super simple to use. Uh, so if you guys haven't checked out, make sure you check it out, guestio.com. And, uh, but with that, you know, you mentioned paying for guests paying, you know, and that kind of, you know, I hear a lot of people 
kind of taboo. They're like, oh, I don't want to pay. I would never charge. And I've said it. I mean, I was like, you know, I'll probably never charge. But, you know, you've got to think these people's time, how much it's actually worth and what they're actually asking for is nominal compared right. to that. Right. So how do you kind of battle that? Like, I don't want to pay for guests. I don't want to pay to be on our show. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, it was honestly more pushback than I was expecting when I started it. Okay. Um, uh, there was, there was a lot more kind of taboo things in the space. Part of it is just kind of like education around it a little bit more and just like asking people questions like, you know, and everybody, and whenever anybody asks, says to me, you know, like, Hey, I would never pay for a guest. I'm just like, okay. Um, do you, are you planning on doing any sort of events or anything like that in the future? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, do you plan on picking, paying speakers to speak at your events? And they're like, Oh, I see. You know, it's like <laughs> it's the same thing. Like yeah. you're 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 just you're paying a speaking fee so that that person knows that you're not going to waste their time. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's a it's a well, we call it a, it's a fast pass. It's a skip the line fee. It's not like you. It's not you're, you're not bribing people to come on your show. It's just like hey, you have a ton of reach outs. You have limited time. Mm -hmm. I want to incentivize you to say yes to my request over all the other people that are requesting you. Yeah, just like a speaking fee, except for it's way cheaper than a speaking fee yeah. <laughs> because they don't have to fly out, do it in person. You don't have to pay for jet fuel and stuff like that to get to the event. They do it on Zoom in their underpants if they want to. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, so that that's that side of the marketplace. The other side of the marketplace, I was like, look, people are already paying to get on shows. Yeah. That's been happening for years. There's dozens, if not hundreds, of guest booking agencies oh, yeah. that, that will like that will go get you booked on shows. And so, if you're a podcaster. You are very familiar with these because you probably have like four dozen pitches in your inbox right now yep. from people that are trying to get their clients booked on your show. Yep. And so on that side, for me, it made complete sense. It made total sense. So now when I have podcasters, they're like, well, I would never charge somebody to be on my show. And it's like, you understand, like my question at that point, again, I just try to ask questions that get them to, to come to the conclusion themselves. Like my question at that point is, have you ever accepted guest? Have you ever accepted a guest? from a guest booking agency and almost every time it's a yes uh we, we've accepted guests from that mm -hmm. it's like well i got news for you like you're already doing pay to play <laughs> it's just that you're not getting paid to exactly. play yep. <laughs> the agency is getting paid and the like the agency the only thing that podcast booking agencies are selling is your audience as a podcaster yep. that's their product their product is your audience. They find clients who want to get in front of that audience because that client wants to sell something. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> They're doing it because they have a book coming out or they have an offer they want to sell. They have a SaaS product. They have a company. Like yep. They want to draw attention to something and they know that being a guest on podcasts is a great way to do that. And so they pay these agencies money, real money, by the way, yeah. <laughs> um, to, to go get them booked on, on podcasts that have taken the time, effort, energy, and investment to build and, and maintain an audience, which is not easy. And so I knew that as a podcaster because my show we've been doing for almost five years. We have 800 episodes and, uh, and, and I was just frankly getting tired of some of the agencies that would like push back when I would say like, Hey, we have, we have like literally 38 requests for these three spots. We can't say yes to all of them. If you'd like, you can wait in line or you can pay a thousand bucks or 500 bucks or something like that. And we'll bring them on the show next week. And they would always be met with this like, almost like aggressive attitude where it was like, oh, we're, we're only doing earned media. You know, we, we don't have, you know, we're not paying for anything. And it's like, well, but you're getting paid for it. 
Like you're getting paid to sell my audience to your client. You're so you're going to make money. Your client's going to come on my show, sell my audience on things that they want to sell them. So your client's going to make money. And me, the podcaster, who's taken the time, effort, energy, the years of hard work, diligence, and persistence to build and maintain an audience, <laughs> I get paid zero dollars in the transaction. And like your pitch is that, well, my guest is just so good. And it's like, mm -hmm. I got news for you. There is no shortage of good guests. Right. There is only a shortage of good shows. That's why every podcast host I talk to is like, yeah, I have 37 requests sitting in my inbox right now <laughs> because mm -hmm. like there's only like what? There's 3 million podcasts in existence, a half a million to 700,000 somewhere in there are, are active. Right. Then you cut out half of them because they're solo shows and you cut out another half because they only release one every three months. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, you cut out another 80% because they're all in different genres that don't have your ideal audience. Like there's mm -hmm. only a few thousand shows that a single person can get booked on, but now anybody that can do business online can benefit from getting booked on podcasts. So that's, that's millions of people yep. that want to get booked on these like few thousand opportunities. Yeah. Like the, the, the guests are, are no longer scarce. They're in abundance and the shows are what's scarce. And so like, if somebody's going to get paid for selling their audience to somebody, I believe it should be the person that built the audience. Um, and so, so that's kind of the whole premise that we've gone off. And that's why, that's why we're, you know, going on a bunch of podcasts recently to talk about this. Cause it's like, we just want people to be aware that like, look, we're not, we're not trying to get you to put a price so that again, it's not a bribe for you to bring on a crappy guest. That is absolutely not what it is. <laughs> if you look at the people that are pitching and booking, especially if they come from us and our agency, um, like they're really great guests that you probably would have taken on for free. The difference <laughs> is that we're just sharing some of the money that we charge our guests to do like agency work for. We share that with the podcasters because we believe that they should be the ones getting paid. We think we should get paid for like building the list, making the connection and like determining what's quality and what's not quality. So we take some of it, but then the person that has the audience, I think should also be getting paid. So we want to give them some of it. Um, and so like when you think about it from that perspective, it's like, man, this is already happening. These people want to get in front of my audience because they want to sell something, not because they just want to add value. And right. Be helpful. And it's like, that's always the pitch because they know that's what's going to resonate the most. But ultimately, they have something to sell or mm -hmm. else they wouldn't be paying somebody to get them booked on shows. They wouldn't waste their time or money. Right. So I, like I said, I just think that if anybody's getting paid in that transaction, the podcaster should be kind of chief among them. Yeah, no, I think that's a great explanation and it makes a hundred percent of sense. I mean, uh, yeah, they always have, you know, they're always one of, and I always give at the end, like chance to share, like, cause I know they have a program or a book or things like that. And so it yeah, yeah. Uh, makes complete sense. Why not? And we're not, not like, I'm not going to go out, myself asking thousands of dollars to be on my show yet sure and you're not going to pitch people to do it right this is why i tell yeah. people is like if you're reaching out mm -hmm. don't charge if you're getting pitched mm. do charge mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's yeah. the, that's the difference everybody's like well when should i charge when should i not charge you're telling Fair me that point. i should be willing to pay for guests but then i should also be charging like obviously i can't pay for a guest and then also charge the guest that doesn't make any sense like if it's inbound coming to you mm -hmm. you charge if it's outbound you don't charge like if anybody like reaches out to me this guy reached out to me made me fill out this like 45 minute Google form. And then at the end of the Google form, it like makes you uh, select a donation to come on the show. Oh, okay. And I was like, wait, what? You reached out to me. I have no idea who you are. You made me do like a pre-call or pre-interview. You make me fill out a 45 minute form and you make me pay to get in front of your like three listeners. Like this is <laughs> not how you reach out to a guest, you know? Yeah. So that's how I tell people, you're pitching, no fee. If it's inbound, charge something because then that helps you. Like if you're not the one reaching out, 
then the 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 onus is on them the ball's in their court it's not mm-hmm. in yours you know what i mean like you shouldn't feel bad if you have to say no to some of those people yeah and if you can use that dollar amount as just like a buffer to mm-hmm. tell which ones are more serious but you still know that they're a good guest then why not be able to make a little bit of money from all the energy that you're putting into creating your show? Because I know yeah. how much energy goes into that. I mean, look at your freaking studio set behind you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. people put in so much work and then mm-hmm. and then they don't get, ever get paid anything on it. Um, and other and but all these other people are all making money off of it, except for the person that did all the work. So work, right. I was just right. like, look, don't like the the number one misconception is that it's a bribe to bring on like a, some scam artist. You know what I mean? Like right. if, if they're like some douchebag scam artist, you do have, you can just say no, even if they're mm-hmm. offering you 500 bucks, just be like, Hey, I don't think that this is a good fit. Yep. No, it's, it's as simple as that. And then like somebody else comes on, they're going to pay 500 bucks and they're a best selling author and they fit the, you know, they fit the leadership thing or whatever your podcast is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Okay, cool. We'll bring you on and we'll even give you a preference on when your episode goes out and we'll let you kind of cut the line in that regard because you're willing to pay us a little bit of money uh, to to share our audience with you and we appreciate that like yeah. a lot of people are willing to pay it man it's just that most people don't know they can charge it and they don't ask they don't even try you know right. that's huge too so uh, that's it makes sense and it's important to understand that too and i like how you said like if you're reaching out you know you're seeking them so it's so not pay but if they're reaching out to you or if you have people pitching you then yeah why not like you know we've been lucky with people reaching out having guests and so it's helped us fill and, and we've been scheduled out some great guests but yeah. uh yeah i think we're at that step too what you're saying if people reaching out to you know say hey yeah would would love to they're a great fit here's what yeah. here's and so my thought was to send a you know skin send a like a calendly link to for them to schedule their spot but make it one that's uh has to be paid is that a good yeah. way yeah. to do yeah. it or yeah, you can do it that way. I think a lot of people use Guestio uh, just because it's like third-party validation true, um, true. and it's like all gone through a system. So we have a lot of people that will just take their Guestio show link and they'll send it to people who apply to be on their show. And then they're like, if they pay, they pay and we'll schedule it. If they don't pay, then like we're not worried about it because I have three months of content already mm-hmm. batched and ready to go, yep. which is I'm sure where you are and so yep. many other podcasters are. Because like it's so funny, man. You talk to people at the beginning and they're like, they're worried about, you know, like, well, what if I can't find enough guests? <laughs> in a week, yeah. It's I like, know. <laughs> just trust me on this one. It's yeah. going to be okay. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point with the guest deal too. Yeah. Because even on there, if someone applies for your show and you says that they're willing to pay, you could still, like you said, decline and say it's not a good fit yeah. and, and everyone's all, all good on there. So exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You do not have to say yes if they pay. You just say no. And then with Guestio, if you say no and they've already paid, it gets refunded. Yep. And so, but with that, so if, you know, maybe these individuals that someone wants on their show aren't on Guestio yet and, and they're going to do the reaching out uh, as the host, um, what, how do you guide people in that? What are some good ways to reach out to those top people? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you gotta, um, you gotta kind of be omnipresent. Mm. Like everybody, everybody just kind of goes to email. Okay. Um, and, uh, I saw the most success on Instagram DMS. Okay. Um, if, if you're like, uh, you try to use the platform that you have the biggest credibility on, uh, be, like that, that's why I always use Instagram. Cause it was like, I knew if they checked out my profile, they're going to see like some good credibility pieces and authority pieces that make them go, okay, this guy's legit. Whereas like Twitter, I don't really do much on Twitter. Um, so, uh, but, but also reach out on Twitter though, if they spend more time on Twitter, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm pretty platform agnostic when it comes to like reach out. It's, it's like what, what gives me the highest chance of success. Yeah. Um, and then also 
paying to be in masterminds, paying to go to live events, going places in person, meeting people, connecting people, adding value, asking for intros. Like there's so many other things that you can do if you're really trying to level up the people that you're talking to on the show. Yeah, for sure. And you know, with that, I've had some bad ones, <laughs> uh, poor ones reach out to me and it's like directly like down my throat kind of pitch, you know, and, and yeah, yep. that, that doesn't work, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't right. to me at least or towards me if they're doing it towards me so yeah yeah no it, it like it's it's difficult to land it from a cold pitch mm -hmm. that's what i'm that's why we say that that's why we offer the payment a cold pitch sounds so much better with a little money behind it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but if not like that you, like it's just a differentiation point man that's all that matters when you're yeah. reaching out people you have to find how do i make a difference how do i stand out from the other people that are reaching out because you know that people are reaching out constantly and yeah. it, depending on the size of the person they probably have a gatekeeper if not multiple gatekeepers that prevent all of the chaff from making it up mm -hmm. to the top level you have to figure out how do i make it through this labyrinth of gatekeepers to get to the person that can actually say yes to this opportunity absolutely yeah and that's important and i think just being real too and like not being pushy and like you know you hear you add value or make it about them i think that's still important for yes. sure even with the gatekeepers yeah, hundred percent, man. Like, uh, especially at live events, dude, I see this happen all the time. And it's like, it's like a networking sin. I need to put together like a little like networking sins playbook or something. <laughs> yes. uh, but, but one thing that I see people do all the time is, you know, there, there's people, someone will speak at, a, at an event or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's a line of whatever, 50 people that are like trying to talk to this person, grab a picture and then move on. Mm -hmm. It's impossible almost to make a real impression on somebody in a long line of people when they're taking photo op type pictures where it's like take a picture shake their hand move on yeah but a lot of times there'll be at least one maybe two or three people that are on that person's team that are standing around that line waiting for them to be done and like fielding text messages and stuff like that mm. i will always go to those people way more than i'll go to the other person like i'll skip the line i don't like i don't even want to i don't even want i don't even need to take a picture with that person because yeah. i know there's a zero percent chance of them remembering me later <laughs> right but the assistant i can talk to during the entire time that these 50 people are going in line because nobody else is interested in talking to the assistant so i sit there i create a great relationship with them i get an email from somebody that i know will actually respond to me and remember me um, and my chances of being able to get in front of the other person are significantly higher at that point because I added value to somebody who actually makes decisions in their inner circle. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those things I see people do like wrong all the time. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's a great, I mean, that's a great tip right there. If, if that's all anyone took from listening to this, I think could be amazing for them getting in, in a lot of different circles and in the door to a lot of different people, because that that's crucial, you know, getting yep. through those gatekeepers, connecting with them, making relationships there. And yep. we'll send them um, gifts. We'll send them okay. thank yous. Well, like, like I want to befriend all the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. I want them to be like, Oh yay, Travis emailed me instead of like, ugh, this person that's trying to like, this person is trying to interview my boss, like keeps hitting me up all the time. And it's really annoying, you know? Yeah. How do you walk that line with sending gifts and thank yous to the gatekeepers? Like, because, you know, some, in some corporate areas I've talked to, you know, some, some CEOs in the incorporate 5,000, uh, it becomes possible. You have to walk a line of bribery, you know, obviously in, in those sure. settings. Sure. How do you do that with the gatekeepers? Is there a protocol it, you follow or? Yeah, it's, it's gotta be super intentional. Okay. You, you, like sending a gift basket or something like that isn't, isn't going to move the needle for you, you know, very much. It just has to be just like i would say just start with a thank you card mm. you know 
something physical in the mail that you can send and be like, Hey, it was great chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time. I know that you're super busy. You know, I would always empathize a little bit because my wife was an executive assistant for a long time. So I would always like kind of pull that up and be like, look, I know how much work goes into this. My wife's executive assistant. And I just want to say that I appreciate you because I you know, I think that your that your position is a really underrated position. You know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. reach out, you yeah. know, yeah. once a month, once every two or three months. You see them in another event, go say what's up. Cultivate the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it could be even a good idea, you know, keep just like a little, excuse me, a little booklet of who you've met and maybe some, just a couple, um, a couple things about them that you learned. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's actually honestly something I haven't done very well with until recently. I was like, why have I not been doing this for the last like four (laughs) freaking years? I was was at an event and somebody was like, somebody's like, yeah, this person, I know that like, they have like 30,000 contacts in their phone. And the crazy thing is they remember information about them. I was like, wait, how, you know, and he's like, oh, when he meets them after they have the conversation, as soon as he leaves, puts he just puts some notes in the, in the notes in the, the contact. contact. Yep. Like, Duh. Like what the hell that's have I been fun. doing? Right. Like, that's so it's, it's so now every time I add contacts in, I'll be like, where did I meet them? Did we talk about anything specific? You know, so that mm. when I bring it up, it's not just like, who is that person again? I know I recognize the name. I, I, I see their profile picture on Facebook, but like, what do they do? Where did I yeah. meet them? How do we know each other? Um, you know, it's, it's so much like everybody just wants to be seen, heard, loved, respected. Yep. Everybody. Yep. For sure. You know what I mean? And so if you can just help do that and, and remembering their name, remembering their kid's name, remembering what they do, remembering how you met, like those types of things are like, Oh, like, you know, Travis has a lot going on. That's crazy that he remembered all those things, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's super, that's super important, you know, being personable, building that relationship and just being real with them, I think means a lot. Cause they, like you said, they get thrown so much at them. So many people, you know, just trying to break down the door. And so I think that's going to be, be something just and it. Like you said, it takes time. It's not yeah. going to just happen. Um, but with that too, like, I'm wondering, you know, when you're doing this, how do you make yourself not, we don't want to lie, obviously, but how do you show your credibility? Maybe you are kind of newer into your field, into your podcast show. What's a good way that you found to show credibility besides just what you're posting? Or is that kind of the only thing you, you guide people to do? Um, yeah, the biggest thing for me was always doing the obnoxious name dropping thing. Um, mm. Like the key to getting people to say yes, especially to a podcast interview is you have to get them to make the decision without further research. Okay. If you just reach out and there's no reason for them to do business with you in the reach out message, then they have to, you've just given them homework, which if they're strapped for time and they probably are, that's already annoying to them. That's why a lot of messages get ignored, (laughs) right? That's why you never hear back a lot of times because it's like, it's not like they're doing it intentionally. It's just like, ah, I got to do some research on that. But also I'm about to hop on this call and then I have a call right after that and a call after that and a call after that. And then I got to get on a plane and then I'm doing this other thing. I got to finish that project. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it just gets so on the bottom of their priority list that it just never gets responded to. And it's not because they're a jerk. It's just, they literally (laughs) don't have the time. It's true. And so if they're just checking messages real quick and they're trying to clear their inbox, you got to think about it from their perspective. You got to have some empathy and think about it from their perspective, which is really difficult Mm -hmm. to do by the way. Like when I, when I was first starting, I wasn't strapped for time. I had time. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's more difficult to understand. It's like, man, that person's ignoring me. What a jerk, you know? And it's like, now that I'm on the other side of like, yep. you know, nowhere near where, you know, the level of the people oh. that I've been able to talk to, but I'm, I, I just, I'm just really, really busy now. You know, I got, I got two kids. I got 
like two different businesses. I have two different podcasts. Like I just got a lot of stuff going on and yep. I see, I have so much more empathy now for the people that I'm reaching out to when I'm like, I, 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 I literally am not trying to ignore you. I promise. It's just, it's just, I read it and then I knew that I had to do another thing about it, but I didn't have time to do it then. And then mm -hmm. my life happened and yep. it's now been eight months and I'm so sorry I ignored that. I did not mean to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I've so you have to give a lot them, of emails of a thanks for your patience. <laughs> yeah, right. You got to give them the information necessary to make the decision right then mm -hmm. or else the odds of winning that uh, interview are going to go down significantly. So yeah. what I started doing is I just name dropped as many people as I possibly could that I knew that they knew, like trusted or had done business with in some sense. Okay. So especially like when I was doing a lot of reach out on Instagram, I would just go to that person's Instagram profile and look at all the people that they followed that I already interviewed. And okay. even if it was like 28 names, bro, I would drop like all of the names. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause yeah. like, I want them to know. Yeah. You know, like the, like if they look at an, if they look at two names, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe not. They, and, and the fact is like, like it's safer in volume because you don't know if they don't even like those two people. Maybe they follow them, but they had a bad business thing, you know? Yeah. What I mean? So they have them, they have them like, you know, restricted, but they didn't want to unfollow them and cause drama. You know, like you don't know what's happening in the background. True. So like, I'm like, Hey, here's 18 people that I've interviewed that you follow, um, that I know that you've like shared the stage with, or you've been on their stage. They've been on your stage. They've been on, you guys have done business and been podcasts or whatever, you know, I like, can trust that person to a certain extent. And yeah. when they see that laundry list of names, they're like, look, if like they already, they just automatically assume that the other person did all the vetting that needs to be done. And so like, because they're in their messages to make decisions and clear them, it's an easier yes for them to be like, all right, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. That's, and that's good. That's a good point because, you know, some, at least in my mind, I'm like, you know, do I really want to name drop? Like even on like social for social proof on like business things, like still in yeah. the back of my head, like, do I really need, but it's, 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 it's helpful it's, with that. Even if people are like, Hey, that's annoying. <laughs> even those people still have respect for it. Mm -hmm. whether it's conscious or subconscious there's yeah. uh, there's something in psychology called the law of association tendency mm -hmm. which is the tendency for us to associate things with the things that we see them around and so like is it kind of obnoxious it's like yeah it is kind of obnoxious but like if you watch any of my ads a lot of them aren't about me it's about like hey i've interviewed shaquille o'neal i've interviewed rob deerdeck i've interviewed molly blue i've interviewed john maxwell grant cardone all these other people mm -hmm. and then i've been on this show 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 yeah you know, so they don't know who i am by the time they're finished watching the ad they're like oh well I don't know. I've never heard of this guy before, but apparently everybody that I follow in this freaking world knows this guy somehow. So I should probably give him a chance. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for like, sure. Even if that's happening on a subconscious level where they're not even aware that it's happening and their initial reaction is like, oh, this guy's some like, you know, braggadocious douchebag. It's like, <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like if you're not going to brag on yourself, who's going to brag on yourself? Exactly. Like, you, ha you have yeah. to, you have to be able to market the accomplishments that you've had, especially if you're selling people on the idea that you created. So for us, it's like, we help people get booked on shows and we help people get big name guests on their show. Yeah. If I'm not out there being like, Hey, I'm not just like throwing ideas at you. Like, like the things that I'm teaching you are exactly the things that I did to accomplish all of this. And here's the proof of that. Like, mm -hmm. if I don't have that as a part of it, it's very difficult to get people yeah. to, to trust you if they've never heard of you before. For sure. So with that, I'm interested, uh, who is your first kind of breakthrough guest or big guest that you had uh, that you feel like was one of your first big guests, I guess? Yeah. Um, so John Lee Dumas was one of the biggest, was like the first one. Um, 
but that one I, I had paid to go to a mastermind at his house in Puerto Rico. So like, I felt pretty good about my chances about yeah. getting that one. You know, there's only like five of us there and it was like yeah. 6,500 bucks per weekend. So I was like, feel pretty good about my chances on this one. Mm-hmm. The first one that I remember being like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this right now was, was Grant Cardone. Uh, because okay. it was so early on in my podcasting journey. And frankly, like he should not have come on my show. Like I, it was, it was, I was like seven months in, we didn't have that many downloads. Um, but I had interviewed so many of his friends that he said yes to the interview. I, I did awesome. that thing. I, I dropped like 12 names, including his own wife that all had been on my show. And I was like, when can we get you booked? I, I was, and I told him I was going to, I was like, I'll be in Miami next week. Why don't I just come by the studio? We'll get it done. And he was like, cool. Text my assistant. And I was like, always said. And so after he said that, I booked my flight from Miami because, because, because I wasn't going to be there. Yeah. I just, I, again, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be as easy as possible for somebody to say yes. Mm-hmm. Because at that point it's like, oh, like we, now we don't all, now we don't have to worry about logistics and are we doing zoom? We do it in person. We don't have to worry about all these other questions that people always have to ask or get taken care of. It's like, here's all the people that I've interviewed that you already know, like, and trust, you know, I'm going to take, uh, you know, you know, I'm going to do a good job with your time. You, you can trust that I'm going to deliver a good interview. So you're not wasting your time with me. And then secondly, I'm going to be in Miami. So you don't have to think about logistics. You don't think about any of that. All I'm going to do is like, let you know when I'm there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and we'll set it up. And so awesome. it ended up happening. And that was one of the first ones where I like, because I had followed him for a long time. I was in door-to-door sales before I got into podcasting. And so I like I was oh, yeah. I was in some of like taking, you know, reading some of his books and doing some of his sales trainings and stuff like that. So he him and Gary Vee were like two of the first people mm-hmm. that I ever followed. And so um getting, getting to interview Grant was like, especially, you know, during the time where his brand was really exploding and a lot of people wanted some of his time was like it was like cool i can't believe i got my foot in the door here you know that's awesome did you bring all your equipment down there with you or did you just no, use his no. studio and they we just used, they used the recording yeah yep. yeah we used his studio yep that's awesome that's cool yep. that's neat and it just shows like persistency and you know making it simple on them now with that too if you're reaching out to these bigger named guests is it better to say hey when do you have availability or hey i'm available in this day or skin uh sending them a scheduling link which is preferred you know yeah, i do both i okay. do both i'll just I'll like whatever's easier for them and then i actually yeah. say that in the in the email or the reach out just like whatever's easier for you 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 know feel free to book here or okay. reply back with some times and you know my assistant will book it in perfect um, okay. yeah what, what i just say whatever's easier for you you know yeah. use this use this whatever's easier we'll make it happen Okay. Yeah. Definitely keeping it simple is, is right. I think key for them. So this has been good. So I guess, like you said, you've, you've interviewed and you, what's your favorite show you've been on or what was like your kind of, you know? Um, so one of my favorite interviews that I did was on born to impact just okay. frankly, because of how long we talked, it was Joel Marion. He's a, um, uh, big in the direct response role. He's got a 29 person email list, massive affiliate marketer, just exited his supplement company that he built off of the back of that for multiple nine figures. Wow. And he's the organizer organizer of the 100 million mastermind, which one of the masterminds that I'm in that's like 100K ahead. And wow. so when I met Joel first, um, I went to his house in, mm-hmm. in Tampa and we recorded uh, an interview for my show and an interview for his show. I think that interview on his show is like two hours and we talk a ton about like practical, tactical networking strategies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It was just a solid, solid episode. And then the other one would probably be bigger pockets. Um, just because oh, nice. that yeah. was a dream of mine too. I always wanted to be on bigger pockets. I listened to them a good amount and they're a massive show. So mm-hmm. like that was one that I, like I had done at that point, like a hundred interviews or something. And I was like pretty nervous for that one. When, yeah. I, when I showed up, to that's the awesome. I, like, I really hope I can deliver value on this because like I'm, I'm in, you know, I, I felt like I was out of my league you know, on that <laughs> interview, but um, it ended yeah. up going really well. That's awesome. With the one down in Tampa, did you guys record 
one episode i know you said you did for both shows but it was it one recording and you both used that or did you do two separate conversations uh two separate conversations okay so you did yeah. box out okay. we were there for like i was at his house for like five six hours wow. and we okay. did like two hours on his show two hours on my show and then just like talked about a few things and that's then cool. that's when he, that's when he pitched me on the mastermind for the first right. time and i was like not a chance in hell like that's a hundred thousand dollars no thank you yeah um and then i ended up joining it like three months later that's awesome cool so any uh dream guests that you have not been able to interview yet or been on their show yet that you're you're in the works you're trying to communicate with yeah interestingly enough i've never interviewed gary vaynerchuk um okay. he's been kind of elusive for me um uh, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't given it a shot in a long time, but, uh, because like when I, after I interviewed Shaq, like that was like the <laughs> pinnacle for me. Cause he was like, he was literally a childhood hero, bro. Like, like jerseys awesome. and man, I wish and all everything. I, I wish Kobe is still around. That'd be a great one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was on my list, dude. Mm. He's on my list. Goes to show you what, um, waiting does. Yep. You know? Yeah. Kobe was on my list. Bob Saget was on my list. Ugh um yeah a few people like that where it's like oh man like you can't, the rock can't is on my list in. the rock's on my list for sure that'd be yeah, legit he's, he's and you know gary v and the rock they're regular listeners so guys you know reach yeah, out gary to v, travis. Rock. <laughs> yeah <laughs> reach out to travis <laughs> uh but that's cool no i think it's and i think it's neat to have that kind of list of like okay who would be next and just kind of quote unquote got the chase of it yeah i think it's exciting yeah, yeah, you have the list man because then how do you know where you're going you know like right Sha shack was on my list for like almost five years mm. you know but like when i got to check that one off it was like wow i can't believe that happened and like yeah. every time you check another one off it's just another vote of confidence in your ability to go get more of these people to say yes absolutely absolutely it's like so oh, true. Wow. I didn't think i was gonna make that happen but it did happen so yeah. what else is possible that i used to think was impossible definitely and it's cool as well as so you're interviewing these people like what it's so valuable too because you learn so much and it opens up the door just a little bit to more possibilities just because especially if you make a good impression and good connection with them um yeah. you know yeah, and they and exactly do you foster any of those relationships with guests i to, try yeah, yeah i do i do my best to try um um any probably. of them respond to you i mean regularly or, or kind of regularly that you've had yeah, totally. Yeah, a good amount. Um, it, it just depends on on that type on that person and where they're at right. in their journey and stuff like yeah. that. Um, it, it's always like it's always surprising to me with with the people like some people that are just like willing to take a ton of time and help me mm -hmm. out, but like turn into some of my biggest mentors or have been guests on my show um, that I've just stayed in contact with and have been willing to like jump on a twenty minute call and help me with a, some problem in my business or you know whatever something you know stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of people that that I haven't been able to stay in touch with, but there's a lot of people that I have been able to stay in touch with. Yeah, um, it, It's impossible to keep in touch with everybody, I think, because yeah. some people just aren't your people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like you can try to stay in touch, but at the end of the day, like if they're not, if they're not, you know, uh, resonating with you or whatever, you know, like maybe they just don't like what you stand for. Or they don't like your brand that much or something. It's like, well, that that's why I interviewed so many people though. <laughs> you know what I mean, like right. about 800 episodes, it's like, well, I have a lot to choose from. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we're coming up on, I think, like 175 or something like that. Nice, man. Congrats. Show. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. it's been fun and, you know, grown a lot since the beginning. But um, I appreciate this topic. This is a good one because um, I'm looking, you know, I've been, you know, reaching out to different individuals. So yeah. I learned from this episode myself, guys. So I hope everyone else has. But kind of to wrap things up, Travis, um, on, on this show that, you know, it's all about 
understanding how you're created, you know, with a purpose and potential to leave positive mark in the world with what we're doing. And so for you, uh, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is? For me, for me, I just want, I want a lot of people at my funeral. Like mm -hmm. I just want to have made an impact that was bigger than just like me and my immediate connections. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll finish up with a story and uh, we can conclude there. It's was actually crazy. It's five years ago, like over five years ago now where um, my, my father-in-law uh, ended up passing away and he was 53. So, so really young and it was pretty unexpected. We found out he was sick on like January 3rd and then on the 13th he passed. So it was a very small period, like window yeah. for us to be able to like, you know, cope with or, or understand what was even happening and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so, um, not, not, this is not to like say anything negative about him cause, uh, he, he was a great guy, but, um, I just remember at his, uh, like on his deathbed and his funeral, just weren't that many people that came by. Mm. And, uh, you know, again, this isn't to say anything bad about him. Um, he was, he was a great dad to my wife and I appreciate him and loved him. Um, but, uh, but he was he 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 just lived his life the way that most people live their lives, mm -hmm. which is just I go I do my job I'm with my family I know a few people and that's it. Yeah. And I remember sitting there thinking like, man, like if I was on my deathbed, like I I like I want to line up a hospital <laughs> of of people who who, you know who who are like telling telling my kids stories about something that impacted them that that helped them change their life or helped them figure something out or, 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 or help them escape a problem or av avoid some pain or, or make something happen for themselves. Like I want to, I want a group of, I, I just, I just, I want, I want, I want a bigger impact than, than just the, the people around me, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like, like most people have. And so, um, for me that that's, that's one of my biggest whys, you know, that was, that was really the why for me before I had my kids, like my kids, I think mm -hmm. when you have kids, they immediately become, they replace <laughs> whatever you used to work for. Yeah. Um, you know, but, um, but that's definitely one of mine is like I, creating something that, that lasts beyond my time on earth and impacts more people than I ever thought possible, um, is, is, uh, is how I want to, how, how I want to go out, how I want to be remembered. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. I think that's awesome to just, yeah, want that that mark to ripple out. And it, and it doesn't have to be something that you know. Like you you could, you know, have all these impacts that you didn't even know and then they show up. Yeah, and it's, that's a neat thing to think about. Like just doing the best you can to leave that mark and hopefully, you know, a lot of people are touched by it yeah, uh, yep. indirectly and directly. So, well, Travis, man, I appreciate you being on here and, and sharing, you know, these tips and guidance with connecting with the top 1% of people out there who a lot of people would love to have on shows and interview and be on their shows. So a lot of great information. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, anything else you want to guide people to or where people could connect with you um, before we head out. Yeah. I'll just say if you, uh, if you're a podcaster or you're a guest that wants to get booked on podcasts, guestio.com, G U E S T I O.com. Uh, you can over there, you can create a free account. You can do a lot on there for free. You can be free forever if you want to, uh, or pro accounts, 97 bucks a month. You get 50 pitches and you can go out and pitch a bunch of guests, pitch a bunch of shows. Um, it's a really great place to connect with some high quality people, um, to, to do some exchanges, whether it's on the guest side or the show side. So guestio.com is the place to go find that. 
Awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely get checking that out if you have a podcast or you're wanting to be on shows. It's like I said, it's a it's a great platform, super simple to use. So again, Travis, thanks so much. For- And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.